This is 5-Minute Friday! Our guest today is Jack Canfield. Now, Jack is an incredible guy. I've had him on before. There was an extremely successful episode. We'll have that linked up as well. And he knows what motivates, drives, and inspires people to do the impossible. He's a Harvard graduate with a master's degree in psychological education and one of the earliest champions of peak performance. He's also the co-founder of the Chicken Soup for the Soul book series and author of The Success Principles. The problem with rehab is that you've got a well, first of all, a somewhere about a 20%, if you can believe the statistics, mm-hmm. recovery. Only 20% of people go, keep going. 20% of people like, go to AA, keep going. Yeah. Gotcha. And, and that, that number is suspect because uh-huh. we don't know how, sure. how clear it is. But let's, let's give it to them. Rehab, 15 to 30%, and that's also suspect because there's no real long-term longitudinal about studies. recover or uh, 15 to 20%? Recover. That's recover. what they say. Uh, rehab. But we have 80%, 79.5% to be exact recovery rate after five years still sober from the first coaching program and now after the book it's you know when we did the beta test four to five months still sober so the reality is that with with rehab Mm -hmm. you go there rehab has some challenges there are some good rehab centers like there's good therapists and there's bad therapists but a lot of rehab centers especially the ones with places like malibu and places Mm -hmm. they're basically real estate investment opportunities Mm -hmm. i'm going to buy this big mansion it's right. worth six million. In ten years, it'll be worth twelve million, and you're going to pay my mortgage every month because right. I'm you're charging me thirty. I'm charging you thirty thousand for the twelve or fifteen people there, and the staff, other than your therapist for a week, or once a week for a therapist, once a week for a counselor. You have a twelve step meeting every day, maybe a yoga class, maybe you get a massage. Now you got like thirteen hours left. What do you do the rest? Of what the time? do you do? And you're sitting around. With other people who have these addictive challenges, talking it's like it's like prison where the <laughs> prisoners are like sure, t- sure. how to be better better prisoners you know better criminals, and so they're bored, and you've got really lovingly dedicated people who are young who've been through rehab who now want to help but they don't have the skill sets they need. Right. So one of the things we're saying with this book, if you're a rehab counselor, get a copy of this book, start mm-hmm. doing this stuff with the people in your rehab center. If you're an addiction counselor. Bridget Lank, who's an addiction counselor, she's a psychotherapist up in um, in San Rafael, is building a whole program around this book. She said, oh my God, this is what we need. This is what people need. They need a systematic mm-hmm. approach. And that's the thing. If you don't have a system, you know, you went, you played football. Your coach had a system yes. for exercise, for training, for fitness, nutrition, practice, plays, all that kind of stuff. And if your system worked, you, you won games yeah. and you won championships. And better systems beat bad systems right and so this is a system and as we said earlier you could apply this to overeating you could apply this to pretty much any addiction you wanted when we realize okay there's an addiction that i have that i'm that i want to end and i want to move on to something more positive in my life and i'm sure you probably have this in here but is there a, uh, a process you think that everyone should follow in the morning to get them ready for the day and at night to get them ready for a day specifically focusing in on that addiction is there a- yeah you want to get up in the morning and you want to visualize going through the day with not doing the addiction okay uh, there's something in the we call it evening review at the end of the day where you close your eyes and you say where could have I been more on purpose or more on focus for this commitment I have oh you know you did that thing you did that thing you did that thing um, and so it just 
checking in, checking in, checking in. You want to program your day, schedule your day. What are your activities going to be? The problem is, see, if something shows up at five o'clock and I'm bored and I don't have anything to do, I'm in trouble. And there's this thing called decision fatigue. And there's also something called compassion fatigue. It started, they first learned this where they were doing federal, uh, in prisons where they're doing parole boards. In the morning, 70% of the people who were up for parole got paroled. In the afternoon, it was like anywhere between 10 and 30%, depending on the prison. People got tired of making decisions. They just, oh, screw it. I'm not getting out. Wow. And so what happens is as the day goes on, your willpower wanes. Willpower is like a meter. And so in the morning, if you're going to do an exercise, if you're adding exercise into your day, do it first thing in the morning. Yeah. You know, we put your shoes and your running shoes. You have to trip over them before you go into the bathroom. Exactly. And if you have a partner. Wear your shorts, uh, your workout shorts to bed. To bed. There you go. There you go. And so, and then having that accountability partner, someone else you're doing it with that you're, you're you know, you can have, a, like, you could be my accountability partner for this. I call you every day and say, okay, here's what I'm going to do today. This is my rule. And at five o'clock, I'm going to do this exercise, mm-hmm. or I'm going to go do a solution in a book, or I'm going to play my guitar for an hour, whatever it is. And we give people 101 alternative activities that bring joy into your life other than drinking in one of the chapters. So you can pick one every day and do it, or you pick one and stay with the same thing every day. Yeah. And then... I mean, one of my favorite ones is listening to comedy albums. I mean, there's so many great yeah, comedians now. Go to, go to iTunes and download a comedy album. Yeah, yeah. Just laugh. And laughter secretes endorphins in the brain. Endorphins a natural opiate. You don't need to drink if you're mm. laughing. Mm. And so laughter is, is really important. But I can wake up in the morning and just laugh, or I can listen to a comedy thing in the morning uh-huh. and laugh. Uh, the other thing is you want to do a gratitude exercise. One of the things we found, and we were kind of surprised by it. We knew it was important, law of attraction, all mm-hmm. that. But one of the top things when we ask people what was the most important in the book, gratitude. People basically, a lot of them drink because they think their life sucks. But when you really start realizing that half the world lives on $2 a day, your life doesn't suck that bad. Yeah. You know? And we have, look at all the technology that you have in this office here and the people that are supporting you and the fact that someone made this table and mm-hmm. someone printed that book and Steve Jobs gave you the computer you <laughs> exactly. got there and it works really well and yeah. you can communicate with people in Singapore. And you can just literally go around the room for five minutes and just appreciate everything. It gets you blissed out. Yeah. So that's a really good thing to do in the morning as well. And meditation and breathing. <laughs> 